0: Welcome to another edition of Taz Racing Kennel Talk, a look at everything that's happening in Tasmanian Greyhound racing and there is a lot to get through on that read for Tazracing.com.au, and let me welcome in a man who's had an interesting week and that's Brennan Ryan. How are you mate?
1: Yeah, good thanks Matt. Yeah, unfortunately I, uh, I've i been watching racing from afar, I'm currently stuck at home in isolation, I've got a family member who tested Uh, positive during the week so yeah it's uh, been seven days at home but due to get out this Saturday but uh, nevertheless it's always good to have a little opportunity to have a bit of time at home and catch up on certain things.
0: I don't reckon you're the type of bloke that likes to be caged. I reckon you you like to have your freedom. So I think you'll be a bit stir crazy by the time that uh, you're ready to get out. Uh, let's get stuck in it. it. has been a big week. There's always a lot to get through when we have the usual three meetings, but it was essentially four meetings this week with the, the Breeders' Classic uh, qualifying heats last Friday night there. Uh, but we'll start our review in Hobart as we generally do. Brennan, pretty good 10-race program there uh, nothing too unfamiliar, but uh, the powerhouse combination of Debbie Cannon and, and Teddy Medhurst had a night out. Debbie with a double, Teddy with a treble, the last three races.
1: Yeah, they've done terrific, the, uh, the combination. And uh, looking through Debbie's winners, uh, the first one I want to highlight is uh, Jordan Titan. Now, it's a pup from the Fernando Ball, never duplicated litter, and not, it's never set the, the world on fire, but. Just in its last two runs, it's put together some really good wins. It uh, cracked a win on the third of March, and then came through for its uh, second win straight after that, the week after in twenty sixteen. So, um, look, it's just obviously taken a bit of time to get the job done, but it uh, got through, and yeah, it was a good win. And uh, Jewel Titan has really turned the corner. It um, won there on Thursday and backed up for a good win there. On uh, Tuesday, at Devonport in the heat of the Ladbrokes Classic, which we'll touch on later on. But uh, and then to point it out for uh, for Teddy, he look doesn't have the superstars we're normally wanting to see coming out of his kennels, but uh, he nevertheless got up wins with uh, ping excellence and uh, two little mates, no not so cashless and earning the cash. Uh, they uh, both all three. Uh, one was over the 460 and two over the 340. So and they're all around in the right favouritism as well. So, yeah, it was a good night out for the leading kennel.
0: Saw a few of those dogs back up on pretty quickly in, in Devonport on Tuesday. Not so cashless uh, was a winner there as well. Last winner we'll touch on from that Hobart program, Brennan, first leg of the quad, he was a Blazer Express.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's a dog that if you can place him and um, he gets his right grade, he can really... um Get the job done, and uh, you know, in, in the time he's been here, overall, he's he's won a number of races. He originally started off with um, trainer Mick Stringer down in the south part of the state, and then uh, Ross Work eventually purchased the dog. And yeah, the Alinda-based trainer has uh, done pretty well with him. He's uh, won a five-fifteen meter race, and he's won a three forty, and yeah, uh, a four fifty-two, and a couple others. But uh, really like to see where he heads next. Um, on yeah, the way he's form points at the moment, you give him a chance to have a crack at the 461, he's had one attempt at that distance, he finished fourth, so he can only but improve on that run, and yeah, the way he's going, he's certainly in the zone.
0: Finished second and not so cashless in Devonport on Tuesday, I guess it's something we're likely to see more and more of as far as quick backups go, Brennan. with... Uh, Devonport soon to become out of operation. We'll have two meetings in either Launceston or Hobart each week and we'll see dogs on the quick turnaround. Just a question for my own benefit. Do you find that most greyhounds uh, seem to handle the quick backup or would it be the minority that don't or the other way around?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of both. Some of them um, can find the Hobart a bit of a taxing run, but you look at um, Teddy's dogs, for example, they are really well fit. Well trained to run out the four sixty one, so they would have raced on the Thursday, and the way I look at it, he would have freshened them up, and they would have had you know they've got the fitness underneath and they just they were, would have been fresh freshened up for the run. so yeah, some of them yeah, some of them take the run, you know, and in the opposite, some of them need that run at home, but uh, at Devonport on the Tuesday to back up and yeah really get the job done.
0: And along a similar lines, I would imagine some dogs are better travellers than others, and, and that'll play a part in dogs having to go up and down the Midlands Highway more frequently.
1: Yeah, some of them are not very good travellers, and, yeah, some of them um, excel at it. So, yeah, there's a lot of variance that you place into it. But, um, yeah, no, it's it will be a, a really um, point of form in the next couple of months, that's for sure, and how these dogs really um, – yeah, handle that short space of time, then uh, they'll uh, they'll be um, succumbing to.
0: Well, we then went to Launceston on Friday night, uh, one of your final days of freedom at the Launceston uh, Breeders' qualifying heats, where you had a, a couple in action there. How did they go?
1: Ah, uh, they did well. They both qualified. They won their respective heats. Uh, Just Posh won her heat in twenty nine ninety seven, and then uh, Self Control came out and ran thirty and eleven. Look. It's not their track, I'll be dead honest. And the way you watch their heats, they went around there like they were just uncomfortable. They've never been really used to that track. They're more racing, uh, used to racing at Hobart and Devonport. Unfortunately, they're going to lose their favourite track, Devonport. So, um, yeah, they're going to be limited in options. But nevertheless, the series come up, you got to put them in it, and they've done well to qualify so far.
0: Well, we go into that series on Monday night, have a, a brief preview of those four semifinals. It's a, a series that uh, your family knows very well, mate. I think it, we go back a couple of years now and the, that fateful, fateful meeting, which was the final one before we were shut down due to COVID-19 when uh, your dad trained the first four in the Launceston Breeders. It must have been 2020 now. But, yeah, we've got four semifinals there. Who do you see as the standouts in that series?
1: There was a couple that it did impress me from the heats. Um, look, St. Zach is one runner that I've always liked throughout his career and he did run well to win his qualifying heat there on on Friday. Uh, uh, there's that many... Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, he won his heat there in 30 and 27. Um, look, he, he's not blessed with early speed, but he is a very good run, a powerful dog in the run home in his sectionals, which has been always proven. So... For him, I do like him as a standout in the first semi. He goes through into the second semi there. Um, Windburn Chief was a good run. Uh, he got through and um, Buckle Up Adelman was another runner that really came out of the ground. And uh, Tillicum Baloney won a team. So there is a bit of exposure there. Look, just posh in it, but. It's not a track. She can go to the front and, you know, and could possibly win it. But I, I do declare Windburn Chief is a good runner there and that in the second heat. And you go through to the third semi. Um, good little race between um, Big Ruby Red and Just Posh. Uh, a uh, big red ruby, I should say, and Just Mate. Um, Look between the two of them, they not they did pretty well to win their heats. And just just mates is obviously the standout. He has done twenty nine eighty on the clock, so he'll be hard to beat there. And and then just quickly into the final semi, uh, socially elegant did win its heat as well um, on Friday. So yeah, look, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but um, early speed will be the key to winning um through to the final the following
0: week. Yeah, good series. Really looking forward to those four semis. And the final a week later, towards the end of March, continuing our look around the standout performances of the week. Brendan Launceston on Monday night must have felt a bit weird for you being forced to watch a Launceston program from the couch. You wouldn't have missed many in your time in Tassie, would you?
1: No. Well, in the recent times, I've been the track photographer, so yeah. No, it was on the being on the. Uh, on the couch, but, um, nevertheless, give me a good chance to watch them pretty closely and good to see, our uh, trainer Adam Wentford get a race to race double in the uh, first part of the program. He took out race one and two, uh, both, bo- both drawn out from box one. Uh, he got up with, uh, disseminate it, uh, took out the first race in 30 and in 30 seconds over the 515. and all on me was a very good runner. there. stayed off, uh, Never sweat to win and Buckle up Ivana, who both greyhounds are well respected. And I think around the SP, all on me started around $10. So um, hopefully uh, some of the connections may have got a bit of value, but uh, yeah, Adam's done pretty well there on the night so far.
0: Well, later in that program, we saw some informed dogs in action credit where it's due off and text you on a Monday asking for your best to, to pass on to the guys at SEN. You gave me Dancer of Flame this week and, In your write-up, you mentioned the dog was having its first look at the Launceston track and a 13-length winning margin. It's fair to say that uh, Dancer of Flame handled the Launceston circuit.
1: He certainly did. There was a lot of expectation on how he'd go because uh, going off his Hobart form, he'd been a greyhound that didn't display great early speed, but um, he showed plenty of determination. He got through the field. He was about midway at the start and... Um, Pushed through and got across, and yeah, he put the afterburners on. And his splits were extremely good. Uh, he's done 507, 1772 down the back, and he's run home as powerfully strong. And yeah, got the field to win by thirteen lengths. He's um he's a nice pup, and I think age wise he should make it in through to the upcoming Ellingworth Classic Series next month. So uh, he's a runner that's going to certainly put himself in a Big contention for that. But, uh, again, yeah, good to see David Swan have a, a nice runner in his kennels. The uh, first time I actually spoke to him on the phone the other day, and, yeah, he's just very humble bloke, and, yeah, good to see uh, the small trainers get a good reward for to breed their own, and, yeah, he's got a nice one in the making there.
0: Well, the clock certainly suggests that a winning time of 29.54, only slightly better in the following race by a dog that we've covered a fair bit on this podcast, mainly because uh, the dog keeps winning and that's McInerney.
1: Look, um, 29.47, they don't get much quicker than that for uh, Tassie dogs at the moment. And, um, yeah, what, you know, from a trainer's point of view, what do you do with that dog? Uh, there's not much for him in the state in regards to features, so he's primed to do anything at the moment. But, uh, yeah, he, he needs a race to win and, you know, look, uh, Devon, with Devonport closing, I know the features are due to switch around to the other tracks. And at session on the 29th of March, we're, we're going to host the City of Devonport Cup over the 5.15. So uh, I know on his Devonport grade, he should be eligible for that. So it'd be interesting when Blake plays it out. But uh, yeah, that'd be an ideal race for him coming up. But yeah, he's certainly well and truly in the zone. And yeah, hopefully he can continue that way.
0: has been a winning machine, McInerney. That's for sure. Uh, Last runner we'll touch on from the Launceston card. Don't start now. Did the job for favourite punters. $1.55 starting price, winning a grade five over the shorts.
1: You go through its form. Um, Had a little stint there in Victoria. Um, Won at Cranbourne over 3.11 and then came home. So it's taken a lot out of that. Um, mainland campaign and came home and despite an um, unplaced run there two starts back it's been in pretty good form Um, it's 113 from 44 just over you know not far off 41,000 in prize money for Lennon the Coward and they bred this dog uh, they bred this girl as well Uh, she's out of Barshabal from Apache Dream her Apache Dream was a stellar greyhound in her career she was a Graham blessed, blessed with um, beautiful box speed. So um, yeah, no, they've done extremely well. They've placed her right, and yeah, she continues to uh, do what she can.
0: Well, we then went to Devonport on Tuesday, the penultimate meeting to be run at the Devonport Showgrounds. We've we've reached the the final one there, where the feature race will be the Ladbrokes Classic final for Grade Four and Five chasers. Uh, we've got the box draw. I've got the box draw in front of me for this one. I'll run through that and then get your thoughts on the race, Brennan. Uh, from the inside to the out, the one is White Poison, two Bonnie Danger, three Hiccup Emission, four Not So Cashless, five Mr. Camacho, six Need a Hand, seven Escalation, eight Dual Titan. So a few runners that we've already spoken about on the podcast, the two reserves a Blazer Express and Playboy Danger, who was the... Uh, the, the standout winner for you from Tuesday, Brenner?
1: Bonnie Danger, obviously due to its fast heat win, um, Alan Clark has got them well, his whole team flying well, but uh, Bonnie Danger was one that really surprised me. He come out of the ground to run a real slick time, but there's one runner I will throw caution in to win to, and that's Escalation for trainer Debbie Cannon. Look, uh, extremely well-bred by Fernando Barletta, elevated and, uh, look, she's only had a small record, been out of the scene for a while, but she comes back here in good form. Uh, she's going to really throw a hand to it. This is her first run back since um, that unplaced run in October of last year. So um, going to be very interesting to see what she does in this race. So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on her. But, yeah, those are the two standouts for me and uh, Bonnie Danger and Escalation.
0: Yeah, first up since October last year, Escalation. So, pretty decent training performance by Debbie to have that dog ready to rumble. Any idea, Brennan, why the, the gap in runs there for Escalation?
1: Um, from memory, the last time I spoke to Debbie, I think it might have been a cloud of an injury um, that had come to that run. And the way I look at it, I think that was uh, the Tasmanian Laurels, where she raced in, finishing down the track behind. Um, Rosie posy and i do remember that race she did cop a lot of interference so um yeah so she has been out under a, an injury cloud and she's back and debbie's renowned to getting them back she's got a lot of patience with her dogs and yeah she's uh, her patience has been certainly rewarded and hopefully can go a little bit further there.
0: yeah well a good race there to finish racing at the devonport showgrounds on tuesday and I guess pending health and a couple of other things. We're still hoping that you'll be able to get up there to, to live host for us, Brendan. We'll just have to see how that goes.
1: Yeah. um, I do a test this Friday night and uh, long as it tests negative. So if you're a bookmaker, let's have some decent odds about it. Um, But yeah, all going well. I'm, I'm healthy as fit as a fit. I'll just get a test on Friday and then I'm officially out by Saturday, but yeah, all going well. I will be there on Tuesday to cover the live hosting on what will be a a historical moment in Tassie racing, but a sad chapter that it's going to close after more than 100 years of racing being held there at the Devonport trade grounds. Ladbroke's new bet ticket now available. Watch the exclusive live feed on your Ladbroke's app and see where the big bets land. Get the down low on the download. Ladbroke
0: ads. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, very true and well said. Looking ahead now, mate. So, we've got a 10 race program in Hobart on Thursday night, as we generally do. And you'll do your best to try and find a winner for us on a program where we have heats for the Cascade Draft Maiden series.
1: I'm going to kick us off straight away in race one, number three, and that is Black brush scott for gaylene Townsend. gaylene's got two runners in this race there is a vacant with Voyant out at the moment at the time of recording. so gaylene's also got both reserves so she's going to end up with uh four runners overall in the race um she's also got three in the field currently so but for me i was pretty impressed with the run there black brush got in the uh, breeder seats there on Friday and current form at the moment, it shows it looks like it's the kennel's leading chance. Something uh, looks well drawn from out wide, but I do like the inside draw for Black Brush Scott in race number one.
0: I mentioned that program, Brennan, Cascade Draft Maiden Series. We always mention it, but these Maiden Series uh, make you work a bit as far as the form goes, but uh, you'll do your best to see what you can find for us starting in the first heat, which is race four.
1: I'm going to go. Well, it looks well named here, Cascade Carriage. Um, for Alan Anderson. Look, Alan's known to really pull a bit of magic out of his hat when he um gets a runner coming back. Um, but look, there's nothing really to go on with this field. I just like the way it's drawn. Um. It's the only runner that's finished close to running second here, and it's got a PB of 26.25 in the personal best there. So that gives it a lot for me. So I'll go race four, number eight, Cascade Carriage, and I'm going to stick with the wide draws in the second heat. I'm going to go with uh, number eight in the second heat, which is race five. I'm going to go with watching above uh, for Blake Purcell. Did finish third at its last start, uh, which was at Devonport on... The 15th of February, the meeting prior to that, it did have box eight at its last run. I do think it's situated in the inside draw closely, but yeah, there's not much that could really stop it, um, only its ability. Uh, Mary of the Knight's looking to get through for a win, but yeah, for me, I'll go with uh, watching above. And then to finish out my final tip, I'll go with uh, another Purcell runner in race seven, number eight, green machine. I thought it was a bit. Surprising that it was left out of this field here for the invitation in selections, but um, I do like its form. Um, it's going pretty well, and he's got a PB of 2586. From he, memory, he does like in our outside draws, so he's only going to get across and get a crack at them, so you should uh, be one to watch there, race seven, number eight.
0: Tasmanian box draw history for Green Machine, Brennan. Six runs from the pink two wins and three placings, so you are spot on there. Your selections for Hobart, race one, Blackbrush Scott, race four, Cascade Carriage, race five, watching above, and race seven, Green Machine. Big week coming up, Brendan, the Launceston Breeders Semis, which we've touched on. We then go into the final Devonport program there, and then the uh, Tasbred Maiden Heats coming up uh, the following week, but uh, another really busy period for Tasmanian Greyhound racing, isn't it?
1: It is um, a lot of pressures going to be pushed on the Hobart lawn testing clubs. Um, it's going to take some effort there from the track curators to just to keep on top of things. and um they've been down this period once before about you know when the other two tracks have had to cop. Um, the majority of the racing, I know you know with you know Hobart has had some changes. they've had to um, you know change tracks over the years. And, um, you know, when tracks have been rebuilt, and system was the same for a period, it went out of action for a while, and yeah, so... Um, yeah, the trainers are used to it, but you know we've got this long-awaited anticipation about the new track at Devonport. So, um, But at the moment, yeah, the pressure's on, and the first of the meetings will uh, be the 29th of the 3rd, so that'll be the Tuesday after the Breeders' Classic Final, and that'll host the City of Devonport Cup a Best date over the 515 metres, and then after that, we've got a bit of a gap. We've got the hints of the LGRC members Tashbury Maiden Series, which that carries good prize money um, as well. And, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that as that gets closer. But, uh, yeah, plenty of attention on the Launceston track coming up.
0: From your personal perspective, Brennan, how um, how are you approaching, I guess, this indefinite period of, of no racing in Devonport? There's, I guess there's not a lot you can do about it. But as you said, you've got a, a few pretty handy runners in the kennel that, that don't, prefer launceston so i guess you sort of just got to take what you can
1: you do um they'll go through the breeders uh and then the our two runners are at long um both grade five over the grade five class over the 461 at hobart so we'll head there and action plus is coming back he's due to have a start and he's got a juvenile grade left up over his sleeve so he'll go into 278 so after that, they're really going to have to focus on Hobart because they're just not Launceston specialists. And, um, yeah, and then we'll have to make a decision about their future if they stay here, the two girls. But we'll all worry about that when the time comes. Um, uh, we'll waiting to hear more on the confirmation of the calendar, too, when it comes out. I know that the industry had a meeting last week from the earliest news that I've heard that the Devonport Chase will go to Hobart and be hosted down there. Uh, just uh, in that little period, which will make a good carnival um, for the Hobart Thousand series. So, I understand that it'll be on about. I think there's a week between the Devonport series and the Hobart series, and all will be hosted at Hobart. And uh, there's more confirmation to come, but um, yeah, it's going to be action packed uh, down in the later part of the year. So plenty to look forward to it's just um yeah some interesting times await uh, all participants
0: yeah it does we'll cover that in further detail when uh, we get more information on that program finish this off though mate one of your favorite pastimes delving into the archives to find a cracking replay we are going back to 1992 were you even born then or that, that would have been about your year of birth uh
1: 1994 thanks for that um yeah 1992 was a pretty good year for greyhound racing and uh, the reason why I've highlighted the this replay, the Perth Cup is coming up uh, this Saturday night at, in WA at Kennington and uh, this race, uh, the Perth Cup has been won by some outstanding greyhounds over the years and one greyhound in particular, look, he was bred in Tasmania, originally owned and trained here by Tom England and bred by Tom and um, uh, halfway point in his career, he was sold in an the state and he ended up over in WA with A promising trainer at that point, Linda Britton, who eventually she took out her first major group one there with the Perth Cup. And uh, later on after that, she's won a string of races and many more Perth Cups, but that was her first feature win. So uh, Winley Supreme was the Greyhound. Uh, He was a son of the great Winley Wonder who's in the hall of fame for Tom England. And, um, It was a great race, Uh, wet, windy conditions, disastrous night, 5.30 metres is the trip, each jumping from box one. The caller was Stuart Lowe and uh, yeah, just deserves to be highlighted. So to finish this off, here is the 1992 Perth Cup final with Winley Supreme jumping from box one.
0: Green lights on, ready. 5.30 to run. Away and racing and best to come out agro lap with Mostel magic they're bumping down towards the finishing line the first time agro lap and monster magic leave the straight by length on rising ovation born natural Rocks court gets a beautiful rails running towards the back then Winley Supreme, a break further back, Smokewood Magic and Chief Senior down the back. Rocks Court breaks to the front. By 2 on Winley Supreme coming hard. Then Agro Lad, mustel Magic, rising ovation is well back behind them with Born Natural. It's Rocks Court on the turn. The Victorian Winley Supreme is looming up there. Rocks Court and Winley Supreme. Winley Supreme has taken the lead. It's all over. Winley Supreme is storming away. Winley Supreme has beaten Rox Court.